Well, hello everyone. I am Matt Williamson. How's everyone today? I'm uh, curious if you heard the news. Maybe it didn't quite reach you yet. Uh, Matt Canada has been left let go of his responsibilities. Uh, of course, I kid. I know you know. I'm sure you're all very happy about it. I get that. I do think a change needed to happen. But I will say, having been fired once myself from the Browns, it's not a lot of fun. And my kids, my son actually is the same age as Todd Haley's son, went to grade school with him back when. And there was a stretch when Coach Haley's son couldn't go to school because it was too rough on him if your dad sucks, blah, 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 blah. So there is that aspect, and I like to bring that up when someone gets fired midseason or is under that much scrutiny. But I also don't have a problem with the change. Um, I will say assistant coaches, coordinators are one of the hardest things to comment on, to be very honest, because you don't know what what has Mr. Rooney told Mr. Tomlin, who's told Mr. Canada in order to do his job? You know, whatever you guys all do for a living, you probably report to someone that guides you in some way, shape or form. Hey, I don't care whatever happens. Don't turn the ball over. Maybe that's part of it. And I'm not defending Canada. I don't think he was a good coordinator. I don't think he's a good play designer. I think their route concepts have been very rudimentary. That's the word, right? Yeah. Um, and simplistic, I don't say they're high school, but they don't do a good job with play action or utilizing motion. So a change has come. I think that it is warranted, deserved, and, but I haven't given a ton of thoughts. I just kind of heard about it a little bit ago. I don't think you're going to see drastic changes, you know, like they're not going to rewrite a playbook. They're not going to go back to training camp and install a new offense. The play sequencing will be different. The way it's taught, well, maybe not even taught, but the way it's prepared for during the week will be somewhat different. I mean, the, I'm sure some practice stuff will be different. But all in all, the plays are going to be the plays, you know, and maybe there's better communication between the new guys and Pickett, you know, I mean, maybe there's more open to new ideas. Maybe there's something about the offense that's been sitting there on the tip of our tongues to to try that they the Canada wouldn't or didn't want to. So maybe there's some subtle changes. I would think maybe play action percentage goes up. Um, but I wouldn't mess with the run game. You know, I mean, the run game's been very, very good. And Canada's made some good adjustments there. I mean, certainly you could say, why didn't you make these adjustments earlier in the season? I get that. And there's no question. Um, so I'll, I'll talk more on that subject, obviously, but more probably after we see the, the game with a new, new coach. But I wouldn't expect folks to see, boy, that the, this offense is night and day different. You know, that they're doing things that I've never seen before. That probably isn't the way it works. I mean, the playbook's the playbook. Maybe take a chapter out of the playbook and throw it in the fire. I mean, that could happen. Um, but here's some disturbing things that directly relates to Canada, but also is a Kenny Pickett stat. I mean, I just read this today, and this is a little mind-boggling, and you might fall out of your chair. But Kenny Pickett has the lowest touchdown rate in league history. Of all the quarterbacks in league history that have attempted at least 500 passes, 
Pickett is the only one with a touchdown rate under 2%. He's at 1.94. <laughs> I mean, we know he doesn't throw a lot of t- a lot of touchdowns, but the lowest in the history of the league. And the between the numbers stuff, we can blame Canada. We can blame Pickett. They don't throw between the numbers at all. And, and it's mind boggling to me. I've seen open receivers on tape that Kenny does not release it over the middle. But, you know, some new play calling might help here. Who knows? But how about this? Of all the quarterbacks this season that have attempted 200 or more passes, Pickett has the fewest attempts and completions in the middle of the field. He only had one attempt and one completion between the numbers last week. He's thrown 24.5% of his passes that have went past the line of scrimmage between the numbers this year. League average is 38.8%. And between the hash marks, he's thrown 5.7% of his attempts. League average is 101 And frankly, the Tua's, the Purdy's, the most efficient offenses in the league are near the top of the league in terms of throwing in the middle of the field. So that needs to change no matter what. Um, If you follow me on Twitter or X, whatever we want to call it, go at Williamson NFL, go check this out because, again, I am not 100% 100 defending Matt Canada, but I do like to put things in context for you guys. And if you look at the chart of every team in the league, how good of offenses and defenses they've faced this year, the Steelers have faced about – the league average in terms of opposing offenses, but far, far and away the hardest group of defenses. You have to know these things. I mean, like you can't ignore that. I mean, it's by far, he had the hardest job of any offense coordinator in the league in terms of who he played against. Just want you to know these things going forward. They they're actually in the bottom quadrant, bottom left quadrant of facing bad offenses and bad defenses. So that's promising going forward. We'll probably make Canada look worse than he is though, but so be it. Um, Quick break and then I got a couple other notes from this past game I wanted to wrap that up. All right, I am back. And again, just a couple little nuggets here. This might not shock you, but the Browns were credited with the most drops of any team in Week 11, a lot of them by Njoku. So that, I don't think, was tremendous Steeler defense. I think there's some luck involved with that, obviously. But a lot of drop balls by the opponent. Um, Rewatching the tape... Moore, Dan Moore was really awful. I mean, really awful in this game. Often with Garrett, I, I told you what Garrett's numbers were, all of it, which came against Moore. But I don't. I'm not telling you he's terrible. I'm sure you don't think he's Anthony Munoz and Jonathan Ogden rolled into one. But he had a brutal, brutal game. Uh, I also thought Darnell Washington probably had his worst game as a pro. I mean, it was. Tough. I mean, he had a real tough go of it. And again, the opponents has a lot to do with these. But 
maybe Washington's snap count comes down a little, especially with Fryermuth getting back in the mix. Some guys that were really good, though, were, were the big guys on the other side of the line. Definitely Loudermilk's best game. I talk about Watts every week, I think. He's extremely valuable, and I always equate him to like a Wormley type. He's better than that. I mean, every week he plays well. He's an asset. He's not just an inning eater out there holding his own while the other guys get a breath. He's playing well. Benton was really good in this game, and Hayward was really good in this game too, especially against the run for those four. But the big people on defense had a better game than I originally gave them credit for. And Michael Walker, the linebacker, we'll say he was underwhelming. Underwhelming. You know, Miles Jack has been signed, by the way, to the practice squad. You would hope Jack could bring more to the table than what Walker did against the Browns. Um, I got some defensive snap count stuff. There was a possible 75 plays, which, again, is a lot to ask out of a defense. Ogan Joby played 53. Cam played 46. Benton, 39. Watts, 27 really good ones, and Loudermilk, 18 really good ones. Leal's kind of been the forgotten guy. Five snaps for Leal. Maybe falling out of favor. I think he's kind of a flash guy, and the other dudes are just doing the job better. Um, on the edge, it was still almost all Watt and Highsmith. They were at 73 and 66. Golden, only eight. Herbig, only three. I think you need to bump those up a little. Strangely, you didn't see Mark Robinson out there. I mean, of off-the-ball linebackers, Roberts played 75 of 75 well. Walker was out there for 63 of 75. That was it. That's all they're using. So they don't trust Mark Robinson. I can just tell you that right now. Um, safeties, KZ played every snap. Thompson played 58 out of 75. Good for him. Looks like he's going to be a part of the big boy team, the varsity team at this point. Killebrew played 16, not what you want. Riley played nine. Of the corners, it was Peterson playing all every snap but one. Porter played 68 of 75, only 27 for Sullivan, and 12 for Pierre. Uh, these advanced stats sites that I use still give the Steelers a 53% chance to make the playoffs, which... Honestly, really didn't change that much just because of those around them and teams that they that won and lost around the league. So in that, you know, in that manner, they weren't crushed in terms of their playoff odds by this loss. But a win in, in Cincinnati would go a long way. Um, I'll be back tomorrow. Probably have some more Canada thoughts as well. Take care.